broadcast your speakers. This is not a test. We have taken temporary control of this broadcast. You're tuned to Freaky Vox Paranormal Entertainment Radio. Don't touch that dial now. Virginia Dare. Her name might sound familiar to you. History remembers her as the first English child born in America, but her story is shrouded in what has since become America's first real mystery. In the late summer of 1587, a group of English settlers arrived in what would become coastal North Carolina, and together they built the first functional village in a new world. But what many may not realize is this was actually a second attempt. You see, just two years earlier, Sir Walter Raleigh established a colony on what is now Roanoke Island. But the colony was an abject failure. Believing their future was in the new world, another man was sent, John White. And he wasn't alone. 115 additional passengers, including his own daughter, left England and arrived on Roanoke Island where White was tasked with moving the settlers inland and establishing the city of Raleigh. But unfortunately for him and his settlers, White found himself the victim of fate. While on an expedition inland, White and the settlers passed through the failed colony established just two years prior, but due to a series of misfortunes, the original colony was unable to sustain itself. Those who remained to keep the land claim convinced White and his settlers to stay. Later in the year, White realized that in order to grow and survive in this new world, he would need valuable supplies, and so he alone ventured back to England, leaving behind the settlers, his daughter, and the baby Virginia Dare. Upon his return to England, however, White found himself once again the victim of circumstance, as war had come to the shores of England, and by royal decree, all available ships were to be utilized in what became known as the Anglo-Spanish War. This setback held White for an additional three years before he was able to resupply and set sail back to his colony. Upon his long overdue return, however, he discovered what would go down in history to be known as the Lost Colony. Not a soul was to be found, and no evidence of foul play. Outwardly, it would appear as though all of the settlers vanished off the face of the earth, and the only clue to what may have happened was a carving left on a fence post. One single word, Croatoan. White believed this to mean that the settlers had moved to Croatoan Island, but as fate would once again have it, difficulties in navigating a search and rescue caused White and the other ships to return to England, leaving the fate of the colonists forever unknown. Now many attempts to discover the whereabouts were made and over the years many attempts to find new clues have been keeping archaeologists 
continuously looking, and while there may be a logical explanation or even one that was purposefully hidden, the foundations of this new world that would become the United States of America were laid in mystery, and upon them, legends elsewhere in this new land would begin to construct the world we know today, proving that legends never really die, nor does our desire to understand them centuries later. It's time! Buckle up, kids, and get ready to face your fears. Freaky Vibes Paranormal Entertainment Radio. What's up, freaks? You're tuned to Freaky Vox, your one-stop shop for all things that go bump in the night. I'm your host, Rob, and if you're just joining us tonight, you're probably asking yourself, who the hell is this guy and what does he want? Get off my lawn! Let me tell you what this is all about. To put it bluntly, fear. You see, fear is a kind of magic, one that we never really truly grow out of. Now, I say this because children are raised on myths, like a red-clad fat guy who breaks into your house in the middle of the night while you're sleeping and leaves toys for, you know, reasons, or a rabbit that shits colored eggs all over the backyard once a year. But over time, these things transition from fact to fiction, and we hand them down to the next generation to keep them alive and go about our business, you know, being mundane, tax-paying adults. But when it comes to fear, that, that never really goes away now, does it? Scenario. You walk down into an old, dusty basement. Maybe you're there to get a box. Maybe that's where your washing machine is. Maybe that's where you hide your collection of bodies. The why doesn't matter. You're here now in this dimly lit room surrounded by stone and cobwebs and that familiar smell of mildew. You can see the ancient dust floating around as it hits that one panel of light coming from those rectangular, almost too small to escape sized windows. And then there's this feeling inside you now. You're all alone in this house, but more importantly, you're vulnerable in this place and you can't explain why. Whatever task you came here to do, you complete with haste, pausing occasionally to maybe acknowledge that despite evidence to the contrary, you're not quite alone. And as you make your way back up those creaky old wooden stairs, trying to your best not to run and focus all of your energy to your back as though you're manifesting a shield of some kind, you hear something. It could be any number of rational things. Maybe the house is settling. Maybe there's air in a pipe. The furnace may be kicked on. Mice? But that's not how you react to it, is it? No, see, you get that sick burst of adrenaline that courses through your veins, your heart rate increases, and suddenly, you're sprinting up those stairs, and when you get to the top, you slam that door behind you and exhale, realizing that you've been holding your breath. So why were you scared? Why did something as simple as telling you this example resonate? You know nothing's down there, and yet your brain convinces you, this is how you die. Now, the best part of this magic is that for reasons we cannot explain, we actually crave it. We might not put ourselves into a situation that is potentially dangerous on purpose, but we do seek out ways to recapture that feeling. We do it through books, television, movies, video games, hell, even this podcast. That's why you're here, right? You saw the title, read the description, you volunteered as tribute. And hey, you went back into that basement again, didn't you? Maybe the second time you hesitated at the top of the stairs, listening for the sound of your demise. But you still went back. Real talk. You're here because you're fascinated with fear. The unknown. 
Whatever label you want to put on it, you seek it out. You don't really need to understand why. I promise it doesn't make you a psycho. Fear, strangely enough, reminds us that we're alive. So now that you know the what, let me move on to the rest. Freaky Vox is something that I needed to do. It's just a part of a larger whole. I'll call it the broader spectrum for now. The narrow spectrum is my work as a paranormal researcher and investigator, among other things. I'm sure some of you out there listening can claim those same roles, so you probably understand this best. But for those who don't, investigating the paranormal in real life, it's actually sadly inconsistent. We all have day jobs, and those need to be taken into consideration when attempting to find a place to investigate. You can easily get bogged down by scheduling conflicts, and this includes the schedule of the client. This is why if you go to any paranormal group's social media feed, for example, you'll find that on average a group will do about two investigations per year. Maybe they'll post here and there about their plans that never come to fruition. Most of them remain dormant until Halloween starts to approach, which then turns into a month-long like parade of memes and article links, and maybe a few will actually deliver some content, but in most cases those turn out to be a handful of questionable photos or, or a very uneventful and painfully long, raw video session. I've done that to death, if you'll pardon the expression. Doing it is fascinating, but there's just so much more out there aside from asking a silent room to talk to a flashing light or wandering around with an out-of-focus camera maybe you bought for twice its value because somebody spent five minutes to remove a piece of plastic from the lens. The world around us is full of myths, legends, history, lore, the unexplained, just so much. So rather than sit on my ass and wait for the opportunity to arrive at a cliched abandoned asylum, I'm doing something different. I'm bringing you into this. Now, of course, this being the first episode, I wanted to give you a little bit of backstory and maybe some insight. So moving forward from this point, we can just jump right in and get our hands dirty. What you'll get here is a little bit of everything. The paranormal isn't just limited to ghosts. There's a whole unseen world out there and a whole lot of people who might not know how they can be a part of it. I'll be your guide. Call me a traveling companion, if you will. You thought I was going to say spirit guy, didn't you? Eh. But this doesn't really explain what this is all about, does it? See, this show began its early life as an idea to turn my own investigations into a into a podcast, in which the only topic was basically its progress mixed with a little bit of open talking about the field. But two things happened. First, my group's name was actually already in use, which, I mean, can happen. And when I say in use, I mean for a podcast. Now, even though I began way back in 2008 with that name, I'm not the type really to drive a splinter into somebody else's creativity. But I did take a listen to see what they were discussing and found what they were doing was basically what I had initially conceptualized, which was, quite honestly, disappointing. Not because the quality of their show was bad, but because I had to face the fact that someone had beaten me to the punch. Twice. So I decided to modify things a bit and turn the idea into a theme and use my past experience in film, radio, and other things to create something a little different, but keep it wrapped up in this delightful paranormal bouquet. So, I mean, I guess in short, I went from what probably could have been a a simple series about what I do with flashlights and cameras at night, to using my full pool of experience to deliver something that's more of a hybrid of everything I love and, and do my damnedest to make it as interesting as possible by embedding segments and things to break up the monotony of listening to basically me speak for 30 straight minutes or more. So what I'm hoping for is to give you a show that's entertaining, maybe insightful, a little bit fun, uh, but also becomes a place for you to be part of it as well. So whether you're, you know, just a fan of the unconventional or part of a community of investigators out there hoping to shed some light on our own questions, this show's for you. 
Listen, if you do venture out there and find something, I hope that you will share it here with the rest of us. We want to share your Scooby-Doo-inspired adventures just as much as we want to share those legends that still captivate us and feed our unique desire to willingly be afraid in order to better understand ourselves as a species. The unknown, it's more than just a word or a descriptor. It's a culture. Around the world, millions of people believe in life after death, through UFOs, cryptozoology, unexplained phenomenon, and these things, over time, they become so ingrained in us and manifest through art, music, film, books, you name it. It's probably been done, and it's all dedicated to this universal love of the strange and unusual. If you're listening right now, you're part of that culture. Embrace it. And that's what you can expect here. Diving into that culture. This first episode... Consider it a delicate introduction. This is the butt-sniffing stage. Now, we might get a little sidetracked now and then, but sometimes we need to connect the dots or find alternate routes to get where we need to go, right? So each week we'll discuss something different. We have stories to share, music, ideas, news. There's a lot of ground to cover. But this week, I just want to stick to the basics, warm you guys up. Forget the creepy part in all this for a few minutes. Just focus on the reality of the word paranormal. In today's world, it's associated with ghost hunting, specifically the myriad of shows that have taken over channels like Discovery and Travel. Eventually, we'll talk about those in the future, but right now, we need to have a little chat about the elephant in the room. Coming up, we'll sit down and talk about what not to do, but forewarning listeners, from this point on, we get real, so if you have any, shall we say, delicate sensibilities, you've been warned. We'll be right back. And now, some news. Some interesting news surfacing from about half a billion light years away. A team of scientists hailing from the Canadian Hydrogen Intensity Mapping Experiments Fast Radio Burst Project have discovered what appears to be a repeating series of signals that repeat every 16 days. As of today, there's no indication as to what's creating this pattern, but if one were to consider for a moment, about 42 years ago, NASA launched the Twin Voyagers, each broadcasting music, messages, and images from our planet to those who might try to intercept it. Now, those two craft are between 12 to 14 billion miles from home. But wouldn't it be interesting if their message was actually received and we're now just getting a reply? I mean, it's unlikely given the math, which suggests that this signal could be ancient, but then we barely scratched the surface of possibilities here at home. So, who knows? The truth might still be out there. Johnny Carraway, who was about to find himself outside the safety 
he takes for granted. And it has been four weeks since the disappearance of little Susie and lawmakers fear there may be no reprieve for her parents. As per town regulations, a curfew is in effect between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. And other news this evening. Oh, How is a curfew going to protect anyone from a threat anyway? They know nothing about it. It's stupid. Now watch it, mister. Mother and I won't tolerate that kind of language in this household. Ah, oh, gee whiz, Dad. Get off my back, will you? Oh, I think some time in your room to think long and hard about the poor choices you've been making as of late is long overdue, son. <laughs> Ain't that a bite? Now, young man. I just don't know what has gotten into him lately. I fear that rock and roll music has gotten to him. I found cans of pop in the trash yesterday. What am I gonna do? As Mr. Carraway ponders the decisions of his son, upstairs in his room, Johnny lay in his bed when the sound of tapping on his window catches his attention. From the driveway below, Johnny's best friend, Tommy, waits as Johnny opens the bedroom window. Hey, pal, we got some pop and a pack of filterless cigarettes. You in? Gee, I don't know, Tommy. My folks said I was grounded. Don't be such a square. Joey says he's bringing some beer. <sighs> All right. Where are we going, anyway? Maple Hill. It's gonna be aces. Oh, we gotta beat feet now. The curfew patrol are starting soon. Against his own better judgment, Johnny crawls out the window, and he and Tommy sneak to the park at Maple Hill, where terror awaits them. Hey, Johnny, what gives? You've been quiet all night. Yeah, Johnny, you're being such a party pooper. Ah, uh, what's with the royal chef, fellas? I'm fine. Just, just worried is all. This is where that girl was taken from. It gives me the willies. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Are you for real? The girl probably got lost in the woods, and the stiffs of town hall are using this to keep us prisoners. Forget it, Johnny. It's all a load of hooey. Shh. Did you hear that? Hear what? No, no, no. I heard it, too. Come on, fellas. This place is creeping me out. What? A swing set turns you yellow? What happened to you, Johnny? I just don't like it here, okay? Can't a fella just not like a place without getting a third degree? All right, all right, all right. Just calm down. Let's all just relax, okay? What? Whoa. All right, what's the gag? Something is right here. Guys, run! Oh, oh my God! Run! Bad news for those who don't follow the rules. Johnny, Joey, and Tommy are about to learn the truth of Maple Hill, but it would cost. Join us for the exciting conclusion next time on Midnight Macabre. Welcome back, freaks. Hope you brought some nose plugs because we're about to venture into some dank territory. Where are we going, you might ask yourself? To the fabled town of Bullshitsville, with a population so dense and ignorance, trying to see one foot in front of you is next to impossible. Just remember I warned you. Paranormal Smackdown. Smackdown. 
All right, gang, this is the part of the show where I actually expect some pushback, because if there's one thing I've learned in all my years of doing this, it's that people don't always want to hear the truth behind the scenes. But this information, it's crucial, not only to weed out the evidence that ends up amounting to nothing, but to also grow and find a place of integrity and authenticity in the scientific community. But to get there, I think we could use a little tough love. All right. The paranormal. We know it, we love it, but holy shit, gang, the entire purpose of paranormal research and investigations are to either debunk a claim or find suitable evidence to add to the maybe pile. Sure, there's a ton of evidence out there that's incredibly convincing, and really, that's the golden ring we all strive for, but at the end of the day, we're scientists. You might not see it that way because you don't own a cool lab coat or maybe have a secret volcano layer, but this is science, and it requires scientific theory to get us where we need to go. Metaphysics has its place in all this. But in order for us to actually be taken seriously, we need to talk about some things. First and foremost, your desire to believe is awesome. Box Mulder knew what he was talking about. But even on occasion, he had to stand there and watch Scully show him that not everything's paranormal. Sometimes dust is dust. Hell, most times dust is dust. So let's just get right into it. Let's talk about the dreaded O word. Orbs. Yeah, I just felt your collective eye rolls. Many of us understand what these things are, and most of us can agree on what they're not. But for a lot of people, literally anything resembling an orb in any photograph taken at any place at any time of the day is somehow attributed to the dead trying to make contact. And how weird is that that it's always someone they know? Your beloved Aunt May dies while in Wichita, but somehow through sheer perseverance, she's trying to reach out to you in a Taco Bell bathroom in Missoula. Side note, bathroom selfies are stupid. I said it, I have no regrets. Let me get this out of the way. If you take a picture of a strong light source, the sun, a lamp, Keanu Reeves, you're going to see orbs if the light is intense or reflected. What you're seeing, however, are not the lonely souls of trapped miners, but lens flares, and if you've ever used a camera in the last 150 years, you might be familiar with the term. I could get into the technical definition of what they actually are and how they're created, but let's just put it this way. It's not a ghost. Neither are the millions of dead skin cells that you kick up every time you move. Neither is that moth. If you're investigating a home or a business or even the fabled haunted factory of doom, before you even turn on the camera, look around you. Is there a source for a potential draft? Air ducts, floor vents, open windows, an air purifier. Maybe one of your team members has terrible gas. Air currents mixed with dust will net you some profitable, quote-unquote, paranormal photographs and videos if your audience is gullible enough. But... We don't want to spread misinformation. We want facts, and we want to educate those who might not know these things. Know what the hell you're looking at, and for the love of God, don't be one of those people who captures a photo of a very unhaunted mosquito and plasters it all over social media like you just found Bigfoot and changed mankind as a result. No, it's not, and no, you didn't. It's time to take our research and move it to the next level. But that's never going to be accomplished if we continue to promote what equates to a load of horse shit to the public and tell them it's a damn ghost. There are a lot of things in this world we don't know or understand, which is why we all bring these tools and gadgets to these events. But the things we do know, those need to be reinforced, not paraded around like a trophy. You snap a picture of what looks like a weird mist, awesome. Share it, ask others to see if they can ex help you know, explain it. A fresh set of eyes is always welcome. But if you're standing on a heating vent with a camcorder and have your night vision on, you're going to see a whole lot of reasons why you should have brought a respirator. So don't try to sell it to your friends and family or even the public and tell them that you had an experience. Maybe you did, but with that much dust coursing through your veins, your experience was probably attributed to a lack of oxygen. Seriously, gang. Epithelials. Ew. Like I said, we're scientists. But until we start acting like it, 
no one is going to take what we do seriously. So understand that while we might occasionally discuss the metaphysical, parapsychology, or just straight up fiction here, we also want to reinforce fact above all else. Anything that stretches past fact is what we know as theory. But theory is one of those words that basically just means testing out ideas and weeding out the failed ones. I want you all to know these things because we're going to tackle the ups and downs of this field. We want to make sure that those of you listening who wish to take a journey into a dark manner with nothing but your wits and a camera, you need to understand that facts are often misinterpreted when paired with that magic we talked about earlier. But you're not alone. I've been scared shitless by things as ridiculous as tripping over my own shoelaces in a dark room. You know it's a shoelace, I know it's a shoelace, but in the moment, I also knew it was a demon with an affinity for extracting my liver, so... Those of you with a vested interest, we want you to know these things too because we rely on you to act as our eyes and ears, as we can't always trust our own senses. Fear is a powerful thing, but equally powerful is blind faith. In our next episode, we'll tackle this more in depth and tell you what you need to know to become an investigator is why you should probably also not become one. Additionally, we'll be talking about the importance of survival horror video games, and we'll get more tales from Midnight Macabre. So join us again. Until then, hit that subscribe button, share us unapologetically to your friends and enemies, and if you like what you hear and you want to help make it better, check us out on Patreon and fling some loose change at us. We've got a lot of ground to cover, gang, and every little bit helps us get that much closer. You help us reach 50 patrons, and I'll pull you for your favorite choice of music, in which I will legit pole dance awkwardly for an entire minute. That's how dedicated I am. On video. Until next time, freaks, stay safe out there. We now resume the normal broadcast.